This is Christian from Sorcerer, and you're listening to Interview Under Fire. So, Christian, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today on Interview Under Fire. You know, it's a big month for you guys. Um, how are you, by the way? You know, and how have things been for you and your band or family as of late? And how long have you guys been on lockdown? Um, well, you know, we're doing, we're doing good. Uh, no one's, no one's uh, sick. We're, uh, keeping, you know, uh, in the house mostly, you know, but it's different in Sweden, you know, because uh, our kids go to school and right. uh, I can still go to work. You know, I work a couple of days a week at this, uh, at the school teaching. So I go there once a week now. Um, so yeah, and you know, we can go shopping, but we, we don't go to restaurants. We don't go to anything like, you know, any public stuff you know we just keep to ourselves but no i mean we're doing okay for sure absolutely i guess there's a lot of uh worse worse cases out there it's uh interesting you talk about the schooling uh how how is that happening because you know everything here in the states is shut down like like no one's going to school even you know my university we're closed but you know everything we're doing is on zoom so you, you said you said uh you know kids are still going to school is it still the same regulations as before. I'm curious about that. Yeah, no, the the smaller kid. I think it's up to what is it? Is it to like ninth grade or something? Those okay. are still school, I think. And then you got the university level, college level. You know, they are they are uh, at home doing okay. the, doing the distance teaching. You know, via internet. Uh, but it's you know that was that was their strategy from the beginning. You know, and they I think. Because uh, Swedes, for one, are pretty good at listening to, you know, <laughs> governmental figures and, and doing what they say. Yeah, it's it's chaos over here. <laughs> yeah, okay. I can imagine. I mean, everybody's different, you know. It, it, it depends on the country, you know, how the mentality and everything. Uh, but, but Swedes are pretty, uh, we're, we're pretty calm, you know. And, and also, we, we kind of stick to ourselves most of the time anyway. We don't really go up to people and talk to anybody. And I mean, in the bus stop, you know, there's always going to be like two meters apart, you know. Yeah. So it's not really a problem that, that way, you know. Everybody's used to it, so. But, uh, yeah, it's a bit more lenient here, that, for sure, than in other parts of the world. That's, that's for sure. Understood. So being stuck at home, you know, like we all are, how are you keeping up with your guitar chops? Do you live in a place where you can just crank up and play? I mean, yeah, we got a we got a house, um, so I can you know I don't I don't really practice loud. I got my little amp here, you know, I, I can practice. Okay. But but of course, it's a different thing than standing in you know on stage and or in the rehearsal. But uh, now nah, I keep my chops up. I practice a couple of hours a day, you know, try to keep keep myself sane. I also started uh, working out, you know, lifting weights. Yeah. Never done that in my life, so yeah, that's that's a good thing. Um, apart from that, yeah, I mean, I, I like being at home. I mean, it, that's what I, that's what like my favorite thing if I'm not like playing, you know, somewhere. So, uh, for me, it's, it's not a big change. It's, uh, it's all right. You know, yeah. I'm doing good. By the way, I absolutely love that poster behind you. Alien is one of my favorite movie series. Anyway, I just wanted <laughs> to point that out there. Um, but, but that, that's great. You know, it's kind of the, you're getting the, you're kind of getting all of it together. You're, you're at home. You're still able to do what you want to do. 
Yeah. And uh, you know, you know, and and we're just waiting for all this to, hopefully, you know, <laughs> we're talking about yeah. normalcy. It might, might be a while till we get to that. But does this pandemic now, you know, now you're talking about speak, t- staying at home. Does this open new things up for you personally and artistically? Maybe you have not noticed before about yourself. I know we're about a month and a half into this, but yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we should definitely try to as as a band we should definitely try to get get more on you know releasing stuff on youtube doing the streams doing being more visible that way that's what people knew, do nowadays of course um, yeah. we're not good at that we need to step our game up <laughs> quickly and and learn and and do it um but um and and produce more stuff for for youtube you know for our channel and stuff like that um but other than that, I don't know. I, I think, it, yeah, it's it's just so it's such a weird time. Um, and and for me, I, I would, you know, like everybody, I would just like to rehearse and play. You know, perform live. That's the whole thing. So yeah, it is weird. And then I think, like I said, more we're gonna be more doing more streaming. Maybe just the casual stuff, like one camera in rehearsal space while we just try to work out the songs. You know, something like that. Are you, are you having a are you are you meeting up with the band? Is was that something you would? Are you guys are you guys able to do that? Um, we can. Uh, we uh, we haven't done it in a while now because all the gigs are canceled, so we yeah. didn't have the uh, motivation to, to to rehearse. But we're gonna start rehearsing, I think, anyway, just because yeah, just because we want to see each other. And we had a Skype meeting yesterday, uh, all of all of us, uh, and uh, it was it was great to like you know digitally see everybody. So, yeah, but we need to do it in, in real life soon, I think, for sure. So before we get into Lamenting of the Innocent, which, you know, I, I can't wait to talk about that album. Um, I've heard it multiple times in the last week. Awesome. Uh, so uh, we, we talked about you talked about doing this, doing the Skype meeting with your bandmates and everything. So mm-hmm. here's one thing I'm going to ask you. Um, I don't know if you've been asked this before because you're an artist and you're you, where you are. And you've had a, you have a rich history, you know, with with Therian, with Therian, with uh uh, that band over there, uh, one yeah. of the most, you know, I think they're the most prominent bands like in that genre. Sure. But do you think the quarantine-induced like live streaming surge? You know, bands like Insomnium and Code Orange are doing live streaming gigs and yeah. giving it to fans. You know, mm-hmm. do you think that is going to affect the touring musician business going forward? Do you see bands doing this more even after the pandemic is over? Considering how much reception they're getting, because I think I believe Insomnium actually they sold tickets to the you know the the live streaming. I don't think they actually streamed it because I think they had issues, but they still sold tickets. Okay, wow. You know, you know, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. What What do you think? Ooh, uh, good question. I've never been asked that one before. Uh, I I would I I guess it could be a thing, but I I think as soon as people are you know able to go out there and watch a band live i I don't really think it's going to go away i mean i I think it could be a it could be a it could be a a special thing maybe if you do it once in a while you know but i I don't think it's going to be really something you can make a lot of money on but of course i can be totally wrong you know i have no idea uh but i think as soon as touring returns i think that's going to be you know the main thing again yeah, because I've had so many mixed answers, and, I, and you know what artists I've asked this question to, because some, a lot of people say, "Oh, you can't take away from the live experience." Obviously, yeah, I yeah. You know, there's a whole different 
monster when it comes to the live experience. Because if I'm seeing Sorcerer in person, you know, I get a whole different energy as opposed to seeing you guys live. Of course, I can mosh in my own bedroom. That's that's always <laughs> great. So you could do a you could do a show in the states and sell digital tickets overseas to people who may want to tune in. Like for example, Vakin. I still haven't even been to that festival yet, and you played there. You know, of course, it's it's a whole it it's a whole different atmosphere as opposed to being there and giving it to somebody who doesn't have access to it immediately. Sure. So like it that so you know it's it's a I get so many different answers because you can and can't make it happen when it comes to live streaming. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think it's just it's, to me or to us, you know, we're we're old guys, you know, it, it, this is new to us, you know, we're uh, part of the old generation of like, you know, so we, we're learning, and, and maybe maybe you're right, maybe this can be a, a whole new avenue, of, you know, for bands to to explore, and uh, I mean, sure, then we have to just do it. And uh, I'm definitely not against it or anything. I, I think technology can really bring forward some, you know, excellent solutions to to things. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so this is your third album with Sorcerer. Uh, new album is Lamenting of the Innocent. It's coming out May 29th. So, now I want to before I talk about the music, uh, has it ever crossed your mind? I don't know if it's I don't know for you or maybe even the rest of your band. Has it ever crossed your mind to stick with the release or maybe even delay it? Because you've had bands like Lamb of God and Enslaved. They've been actually pushing their release. They, they actually moved it forward, you know, yeah. uh, later yeah. this year as opposed to doing it now. But then there are bands like Trivium and Black Dahlia Murder. They stuck with the release. They actually stuck to the schedule and they're yeah. benefiting off of that. Yeah. Is that something that maybe uh, has crossed your mind, maybe sticking to the schedule or maybe moving things around or, you know, not changing anything at all? Sure. Uh, our record label, we're, I mean, we're, we're on the same label as uh, Black Dahlia Murder. Uh, yeah. Uh, they asked us about it and, and just, you know, wanted to know what our uh, thoughts were. And uh, I th we just decided, I think it's just, we might as well release it, you know. It, it doesn't, for me, it doesn't make any sense holding on to, to the album for half a year or a year or whatever. Because, I mean, in that time, we'd rather just give it to the fans, give, you know, They've been waiting for a long time. We've been waiting for a long time to have some new music out, and yeah. they would say like, "Yeah, we're gonna sit on this one for a year." I would, I would kill myself, you know. That would be not good. <laughs> so <laughs> I would, I would much rather have come out now, and then we can start recording new music, or you know, at least write new music. Right. I don't want to have something, you know, old sit there and just like, yeah, this is gonna come out first, and then okay, and then if we write songs, and then okay, this is gonna be. Yeah, it's like we lose a year almost, you know. And in this way, stuff comes out. And I mean, it's just an album. We, we can make another one, you know. It's it's no, uh, it's not like uh, I don't know the Bible or something or like you know, you know, it's just a collection of uh, metal songs. So we can make more. Um. So. Yeah, that that, that that's a great response. So you picked. Um... I don't know if you picked, but the you guys released the Hammer of Witches to start things off. I'm curious why that song because it's, you know, it's I I think it's a little different from what you guys usually do. It's more like slower doom crushing. This one was a uh, I mean uh, almost along the lines of Black Dahlia Murder. You know, just just <laughs> it's like wow, this is this is a different change of pace. Did you guys yeah. c come collectively together to come up with that single? To okay, this is what we're gonna release. This is, you know, uh, and I, I don't know, like, how did, how did that work out? Yeah. When it picked the song. Uh, yeah. Um, it was not my choice. 
I was, uh, I mean, I liked the song. I, I, I was, uh, I wrote the song together with Anders and Connie. Yeah. So, but I was, I was also like, really, should this be the first single? It does not represent the band that much or the album at all, you know, because it, it's like the only up-tempo song on it. But I mean, everybody seemed to feel like, ah, this, this is a single. Just shut up, you know. It, it, it's, it's going to be the good one, and, and I guess you know people responded to it, and like you said, it sounds a bit different from us from what we usually do. So it, it can work both ways. Maybe some people who have not listened to us goes like, yeah, Sorter, that's pretty cool. And then they hear that song, you know. And then, of course, we tricked them because the rest of the album is fucking slow. <laughs> I mean, I, I love the song personally. I think it's great. I think it's I think it's great that you guys are actually even like, it shows how much how much diversity you have within the band sound. You guys can actually even go up to that level. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we try. I mean, that, that was a conscious decision this time when we were writing to to try to get some more variety in the writing you know because last album was pretty much just slow uh, you know maybe, crowning a fire king yeah yeah you know it had some maybe <clears throat> mid-level songs on there but mostly slow and this one is slow as well but it has this song and it's got the uh, institutories and it's got a couple more songs which are you know I, I think there's a bit more diversity um and choosing the singles that's always difficult you know i mean how do you know? We, we we like all the songs, and we try to keep maybe you know not not release the longest songs, just some sort of short songs, so you can. But then again, the the second single, Devil, uh, Dance with the Devil, that's that's yeah. kind of long. So it's I mean, that, it just we went to like okay okay let's stick to what we usually do, and then you know now we're gonna get the entire playing field covered. So yeah. who produced the album? We produced it ourselves. Like we've wow. done, done with all the albums, you know? Yeah. Is that something uh, you guys going to just stick to, like, with the formula? Or even if there is a formula for producing for you guys, are you just going to stick to what you guys do? I mean, I think so. Uh, you know, like I said, we're old guys. We've done this for a long time now. In Sorcerer, you know, but also in other our other bands. You know, we've been in bands for forever, pretty much. So we, we know what we, wanna, what we want to sound like, and we know how to get those results. And uh, of course, we work with a with a mixer, Ronnie Bjornström, uh, who we send all our uh, you know weird sounding music files to, you know, and he sorts <laughs> it out and makes it sound great. Without him, we'd be totally lost. But uh, but as far as production, you know, uh, I don't think we need it. I mean, maybe maybe we do. I don't know. Maybe someone to sit there and you know edit the songs and do this and this and this. But yeah. I don't know. Maybe down the line, maybe sometime. But it also, it costs a lot of money, you know, to work. But hey, it's it's up to you. You only know how your band should sound like. Be, you know, there are bands who work with producers for I don't know this amount of stretch of time, and they're used to with that you know, with that schedule and used to having someone tell them, okay, you should do this, you should do this. But at the end of the day, it's up to the artist, and I think it's yeah. I think it's great. Hey, I'm a fan. You know, yeah. it, you guys yeah. are you guys you guys are doing it right. And, yeah, and thanks, man. You, yeah, you I, I never felt the need to have anybody, you know, tell me like, hey, you should you should cut this section out, or you should do this. I mean, I know what we should do with our songs, or we know what we should do with our songs to make them sound like like we want them to sound. So I, I yeah, I, I don't think we really need it. So out of all the songs you write, how many actually make the record? Specifically speaking, on this last one, mm -hmm. or the latest uh, one? Yeah. Uh, let's see. I think we. Well, what we do is uh, how, how we write is like we are the instrumentalists. You know, we sit in our rooms ourselves by ourselves and, and yeah. produce demos. 
and then we send them off to Anderson Conning, who uh, records vocals and come up, comes up with the lyrics and vocal melodies and everything. And, and they also arrange the songs sometimes. You know, they chop them up and change stuff around and, you know, and it's a back and forth kind of thing. And it sort of works that as long as the, when they have like maybe 13, 12, 13 songs, 14 maybe, then they go like, okay, it's enough. We, we, we can't work on any anymore now. We got enough good songs and we just want to focus on these. So in a way, it's like almost a matter of like getting your songs to them first. Uh, you know, and then they, then you have, okay, I had four songs. Oh, at least they got there, you know, they have them to work on. So if, you, if you're late, then probably maybe your songs are not going to get on this yeah. record, going to be on the next one. But that's, that's pretty much how we work. You know, they, we send the demos off, we work it back and forth kind of thing. And then when we get like, whatever, yeah, 12, 13 songs, we, we say stop and let's just focus on these. And of course, songs can fall by the wayside and uh, this is not really good one you know so okay anybody got something else and that happens too but mostly yeah. not so how do you feel like i'm asking you straightforward how do you feel the overall vibe of the entire new record i really love it i mean it's it's always really really nerve-wracking to uh to i mean the whole process really i mean start writing from zero like because like for instance last album fire king you know that it was a pretty pretty successful people seem to like it you know we got great reviews and yeah, we sold a few albums you know but yeah. and and coming off something like that it's just like okay what what do we do you know we we, we can just do what we do we can just write whatever we like but some you also want to have some sort of progression in the sound you know you you want to do something else some something that adds to to what you already have done you know builds on it and we, we tried like I said we tried to you know, expand the sound out in, in sort of all directions, you know, maybe some really slow songs and some fast songs like Hammer the Witches. Yeah. Um, and more, make the melodic parts really more, even more melodic, make the heavy parts heavier, make the, you know, you know what I'm saying? So the sound, we try to push it in every direction, you know, and, and I think we really succeeded. I think the record is really great. I have to say, but I mean, every band says their last album is great. So <laughs> no news there, but you know, well, hey, it's it's been on repeat in in, in my studio, so it's uh, oh, <laughs> so you already you. have a winner there. Um, so I wanted to talk about that gap uh, when Sorcerer first started to where mm -hmm. Sorcerer, you know, came back. Did you know anything that was happening in there from 1992 to 2009 before Sorcerer came back onto the map? Because it's not every day you hear a band like, okay, for four years they're gonna be doing they'd be doing like singles and EPs. And then you won't hear from them for decades. And then yeah. they'll release studio albums. Yeah. Just, I, I wonder how, the, how that all came about. Yeah. I mean, uh, I wasn't in the band in the beginning, you know, in the, in the early days. But, I mean, I know what happened, of course. I mean, Anders and uh, uh, Johnny formed the band and um, brought these guys in to record yeah, the two demos. And I, then they just, Anders got other gigs happening. You know, he, he got on with, uh, with Lion's Share. And they had yeah. a, you know, in the 90s, they were busy. They released a bunch of records. And uh, Johnny went on to form Tiamat, you know. He went in a different direction. Yeah. And, and he was busy with Tiamat. So I think they they didn't have any thought at all about playing with Sorcerer again, you know. Sorcerer was just, I think, you know, and sort of a 
one of the first bands where they did demos and did stuff, you know, for real, but it didn't really take off. They didn't get a record deal. They just, you know, released the two demos on, on cassette, I believe. Um, and then, and then you were, and then you, and then you were with Therian, you know? Yeah, I was with Therian, but that, that was later. That was, uh, back then when they started, uh, Sorcerer, I, I pretty much, that's when I pretty much started playing guitar, you know, I was, uh, kind of late starter. Um, so, so they were way ahead of me then. I didn't know those guys back then either, you know? Um, okay. and, um, so it was just like a starting kind of thing for them, you know, and then they moved on in their careers and did, did other things. And then uh, I met Anders uh, through Therion because uh, we, we brought him in as a, as a like a, as, yeah, tour singer, session, session singer. And he toured with us. It was awesome. You know, we became friends. And also Johnny's um, girlfriend at the time were, were uh, singing background vocals for us. So I met Johnny through her. Uh, so we were all got friendly, you know, and then... Um, then what happened? Then yeah, then, then there's another ten years between yeah. like 2000 and 2010 where where we just stayed friendly. You know, we, we saw each other at gigs and you know maybe went out for beers sometime and stuff like that, but nothing else. Um, and then in 2010, uh, Johnny got a call from Oliver at Hammer of Doom in Germany, like, hey guy, you know, you want to? I love Sorcerer. You know, do you, do you think there's a chance you can put the band together and play a gig at my festival? And uh, Johnny called Anders, and Anders said, hell no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> and then he thought about it for five minutes and uh, called him back. Ah, actually, it could be cool, you know. But uh, no, I think they had some problem tracking down the, the other members. Um, so they asked me. You know, they knew I was, I was, out, of, I was, I was out of Therion by that time. So I was uh, not, not really doing much. I was uh, just uh, dicking around. And... Um, I said, hell yeah, that'd be cool. And uh, we brought in a drummer and we brought in another guitar player, a uh, famous guy now, Ola England, who uh, plays with The Haunted now. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, everybody knows Ola, you know, big YouTube guy and, yeah, wonderful guy. Co guitar yeah. company. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, that's how it happened, you know. They brought it, we, they put the, put the gig on. Uh, we did that show. It, it went great. Killer audience reception. We did uh, another gig, and after that gig, second gig, we decided to make an, make an album, you know, make a real album. And then um, it took yeah, a couple the of Shadow of the Inverted Cross, great yeah, album. Yeah. yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, the, the, then we recorded that one. It shopped it around. Um, finally got a deal with Metal Blade uh, and released it in 2015. And then we, yeah, then Fire King came out in 2017, and now this year this one comes out, so. Yeah. That's pretty much the story. It seems like you've you've found a just a sense of you know uh, consistency now. You know, with every uh, every other year, you know, just a couple of years, you're releasing a new record, which is usually, I guess, I guess that's like the epitome of like the timeline of when bands should be releasing albums. But but it just seems like it's a it's a sorcerer have, has found you know it's their sound, uh, yeah. you know what they what they want to do, and a, it's a great decision you guys had. You know, another yeah. band you're actually involved with your your brother Johan, right? uh what is it um what what band is that uh, demonoid yeah demonoid uh yeah. so I, so yeah. i think you've only had one release you yeah. did t i know at another interview you did talk about there was another like a heavier project outside of a sorcerer is this that project <laughs> um there is uh, actually another heavier project which i which i guess 
sort of is in the same vein as Demonoid, but not with Johan. It, this is a separate thing. Um, oh. but Demonoid, yeah, we released that one in 2004. And then I did record, or I, we did, we recorded a follow-up um, to that one, which is done, except there's no vocals and there's no guitar solos. And it's like a joke. <laughs> you know, yeah, when is that record coming out? Yeah, I know. So back then, you know, in 2008, I recorded it, um, did, the, did the last of the guitars and everything. And then we were supposed to have um, uh, Caligula from Dark Funeral. He was supposed to do the vocals. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, that, that would have been epic, you know. But stuff happened in his life, so it didn't really work out. And I spent a couple of years looking for a singer who, who sort of had that vibe because all the material was written with him in, in mind. You know, because I knew I love his voice, and I I knew exactly how this was going to turn out. But then he's got other stuff going, so we had to find a new singer, and eventually I I, I did just didn't find anybody. And then Sorcerer came knocking, so I was like, yeah, all right, we'll do that instead then. So maybe sometime I will finish it, you know, mix it and record some solos yeah. and some vocals on it. But um, but I have another heavier project um in the pipeline. Which is uh, yeah, it's a good time to finish it now during the quarantine, I think. So uh, it's it's yeah, it's definitely heavy. It's fast, heavy, and groovy, and influences pretty much like Demonoid. Influences from like thra uh, thrash metal, death metal, black metal. Yeah, lots of guitar playing on it, you know, and lots of yeah, lots of cool stuff. So let's use this podcast as a shout out to let's see who will actually help you finish the record, <laughs> just to see <laughs> feel those vocals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Man, that, that's great. That's exciting stuff. It's it's a good thing, good way to stay busy. You know, you we're talking about your your history and everything that you've been a part of. Has your have your aspirations as a person and as an artist have have they changed or evolved since you when you first started playing music to where you are now? Do you see things differently than when you did? I don't know, twenty years ago. Yeah, sure, absolutely. I mean, I um, I was kind of lucky. I mean, I, I played I played guitar for about ten years. I mean, I, I studied in the states. I went to you know LI in LA, uh, kind of in the beginning oh, of my awesome. playing career. Yeah, it was cool. And then came back and did did some stuff for a couple of years. And then I got the Ethereum gig. You know, for almost I played with those guys for almost yeah ten years almost. Um, and we did when I joined that band. It was they had just like released their most successful album, you know, Vovin. And it was from then on, we were just headlining, you know, doing, having killer gigs, you know, tour bus, everything. So I, I sort of skipped the van touring and, you know, punking around, sleeping on floors. I never did that. Um, so when nowadays, when I was with Sorcerer, we're, we're of course at a way lower level, you know, um, and we do the van thing, and it's cool. Uh, but I, for now, I mean, I have a family. I got a, a, a job on, on the side. Um, and with with uh, Sorcerer, it's it's just a matter of having fun, you know, with my with my buddies in the band, you know. And if we can write some great music and go go out and play for people, that's awesome, you know. That that's really so much fun. But it's it's really about finding having fun, you know. I have no illusions that you know we're gonna become the next iron maiden or you know metallica or you know be, be a big band that's never gonna happen you know it would be awesome to tour with those guys but i don't think yeah. even that's gonna happen <laughs> so we, we're we're trying to you know get our career going as much as we can but the thing we have to do is we have to tour much more we have to really be out there touring doing 
you know, van or nightliner tours because since when we reformed 10 years ago, it was, we've done mostly festivals and we've never proven ourselves, you know, as a, as a touring band, we've just done festivals. So that's, I see, I see that thing on the horizon for us if we can get past the whole uh, Corona thing. You know, yeah. Just go out there and, and promote the band touring. You know, that, that's what we need to do. For sure. You know, touring with bands like Metallica and Iron Maiden, do you believe, do you think that's like an important thing? Maybe, you know, you're talking about your band being at the low level. I don't think so. I mean, you guys have a lot of experience within each of you guys. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like, I feel like that, you know, bands like that always are like one show away or something like that. One tour away from getting all that recognition because obviously I, I think you guys deserve all the recognition in the world but do you think it's important for bands to tour with maybe bigger bands to get that word out or is it just or, or, or yeah. does it matter does it even matter um i think it can go both ways i mean i, I guess there are examples of uh, of bands maybe like a band like ghost you know yeah Which actually actually this is sort of funny they played their first gig at the same festival before us uh, when we played our first gig and at, in 2010 at the Hammer of Doom. Okay. And they were, uh, they were billed before us, you know, and that's the only time in history that's going to happen, you know. Both <laughs> plays before Sorcerer. <laughs> let's, put it on, let's, let's put that on record here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's funny. And, uh, but the band like that, you know, I think within... I don't know, handful of gigs, they were probably, they had such a buzz going around them, you know, like everybody, oh, who the fuck are these guys? You know, they are amazing, which they are. I love Ghost. Um, yeah, of course. I mean, but they all, they all, they have the whole concept, you know, amazing songs, you know, and the, the whole uh, dressing up kind of thing, you know, the, the image, it's just genius. Uh, and uh, for those guys, I guess, yeah, they, I think they opened for, bigger bands, Metallica, I think, and they went out maybe with Maiden too, I'm not sure, but so I, I think that helps, but probably a band like that would, I think they would have made it, you know, big anyway, because they are, they have such a good sound, such good songs, but I, um, but I'm not sure. I, I think, of course, it helps if you can get a, get a tour on, uh, you know, support on the a Maiden Maiden tour, that would, that would yeah. of course help absolutely. I mean, getting exposed to that many people, you know, every night, sure. Probably ninety percent of them is gonna are gonna hate you and just you know go like, yeah, fuck off. We want to see our maiden, but you know, still they heard your band. That's uh, yeah. They know your name, so. An interesting perspective coming from you. Before before I you know started my music publication a couple years ago, um, maybe ten years ago, I didn't even know Ghost was a thing until I saw them open for. I believe it was Opeth, and Opeth was a headliner. You know, you know bands like Opeth. You know, like if you're touring with Opeth, you know yeah. it's 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 a good way to bring in a newer fan base. And sure. Ghost was the opener, and I've never heard of them before. But you know, that's just an example of showing how a band can gain the recognition by, you know, touring with bigger bands. But then you know you could also do like maybe a two years, three years down the road, you could see Opeth opening for Ghost, you know? It, it could it could go like that sometimes. Yeah, sure, sure, absolutely. I mean, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, we talked about a lot of things so far. You know, I, I wanted to go back about on your interests and hobbies, you know. I know one thing that you do, you talked about teaching vaguely. I I know you, you teach music to younger kids, is that correct? 
It is. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, Absolutely. I, I wanted to ask about, I, which I, I think it's amazing. You know, my, my older brother's a teacher. Uh, my younger brother is going to be a teacher, you know, so it's so it's when it comes to having influence on the younger generation, I believe that's a very important thing, you know, and and I know you keep saying you guys are old, but hey, I'm in that area, too. You know, we're all getting we're all getting there. And I think it's important to place our stamp on how we want to leave our legacy and how it's important to have that. Yeah. How is it how important is it for you to be? A role model to your students. Um, I think it's really important to me. Uh, I, I really, I, I mean, I've played guitar for about thirty years now, and the like the year after I started playing, I had a student. You know, I already had students back then. I, I really like the idea of, of passing on knowledge. I couldn't be a classroom teacher. You know, like standing in front of thirty kids trying to do that. That's not my thing. But one-to-one -one lessons or maybe like band lessons now, you know, that, that's really something I, I think it's awesome. I really love doing it. And, you know, the, the best, of course, you know, like every teacher says, when someone really discovers a thing, you know, you try to teach them and they go, oh, hey, they make the connection, you know, in that eureka moment, you know, where they unlock some technique or they learn a song or a lick or whatever, you know, that's just, yeah, there's not many things that uh, beats that for me. And I, I try to be the best role model I can because I've had some great teachers myself. Um, my first guitar teacher, Hasse Lindian, he was amazing. You know, he was he shaped the whole way I, I learn and how I play and my discipline towards, you know, music and how I, how I view music. It all comes from him, you know. Like he had the most thorough work ethic, you know, super obsessed guy practicing and, and listening and taking things seriously, you know, because I mean, you know, when you're young, you know, sometimes it's, yeah, this is sort of fun to play guitar and then you think about other things. But he was really like, yeah, man, if you if you want to do this, you know, you, you should do it, you know, pretty full on. And he was right. That's the way you should do it, because then you get results, you know, pretty quickly. So right. I, I try to sort of instill that in my student in not everybody but the, the ones who i can see are uh, how do you say who can re um, <laughs> receive yeah, but, that information you know who, who can take yeah. all the information the ones who are really have the passionate fire have passion. yeah. yeah exactly have the fire in their eyes you know you see it and that's like yeah i recognize myself in you i'm gonna give it all i have you know then of course you have kids who just go there because they just want to learn a few chords because it's fun or, you know, whatever. Maybe, and that's, maybe their exactly. parents just want them to put them in school or something like that. Sure, sure absolutely. Yeah. And that, that's cool, too. I, I do my best for them, too. You know, that, that's that's a different thing. But absolutely, I just then my philosophy is more like, OK, let's make this fun because if it's fun, you're probably going to continue doing it. You know, you never want to turn music into a chore or something. No, like. of course not. Go to school and then, yeah, you come to this school and you're going to learn music, you know, seriously and, you know. No, we just make it fun, try to play music that they, they, they like. And if they don't like anything, then we just try to have fun anyway. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to follow up on that. What are your thoughts on the future of heavy music? You know, you've you've toured, you've toured extensively, you know, with, with Lyrian and, you know, a, a lot of the stuff that we mentioned also with Sorcerer. Now, you're, you know, you've been teaching music to younger kids. Just, I'm interested, you come from your perspective, what are your thoughts on like just the future of music or the future of heavy music in general? 
um, I think the future looks great. You know, I, I I know people online or whatever. You know, say, yeah, Rock is dead. They've been saying Rock is dead for like I don't know, forty years, fifty years. So yeah, I, definitely not dead. You know, it's it's more alive than ever. I think there's so many so many bands coming out nowadays. I mean, yeah, it's it's difficult to survive, but you know, because record companies went down sort of the drain and the, the streaming thing and hard to get paid, blah blah blah, whatever. But there's right. You can you can make so much music and release it yourself. You know you don't have to have Sony Records or Universal Records behind you, and you know you can you can do so much yourself. And, and a lot of the stuff we can hear nowadays is just it's made very cheaply in someone's bedroom, you know, and or someone's garage. It just it sparks a different kind of creativity. And I think there's no shortage of amazing musicians, no shortage of cool ideas. You know, I think. Music is alive and well and will be for a long time. Yeah, no, I I agree. It's uh, I I think it's you know what I just said before. I think it's great that you know people like you, artists like you, are are still continuing to do what you're doing, and at the same time giving an influence to the younger generation. You know, a lot of people don't think that's important, but I I think it, it I think it comes back. Like it's it's very important to you know carry on what we do. And you talked about people are saying rock is dead, you know, metal is dead. I mean, we're past like the half century mark on, on metal and look at it, you know, we're, I mean, you guys are still doing what you're doing. There's still bands coming out with the records. And I mean, we talked about Trivium and Black Dahlia Murder, you know, they're on like the top 10 of like, I believe, I believe Billboard and like other, other, uh, other, you know, music charts that are going to run the globe. That's yeah. just, I think that's a great example of how it's, it's good to keep the tradition going. Sure. I, mean, I, mean, I, wouldn't even, I wouldn't even call it tradition. I would just call it, it's just, it's, it's life. You know, it's, it's, it's what music is. Sure. Sure. And yeah, like you said, Black Dahlia, I mean, it's, that's kind of extreme music. I mean, for most oh, people, yeah. it's extreme music and they're doing awesome. That's, that's so, uh, it's really encouraging. You know, I, yeah. I love those guys too. I mean, yeah. Okay. So did you say you were, how involved you are in the songwriting process of Sorcerer? Do you also write the songs as well? Yeah, so, sure. Of course. I'm okay, one, so, of, one of the main writers for sure. I mean, right, it's, so, Everybody, pretty much everybody writes in the band. So I'm, I'm going to put you on the hot seat, okay? I'm going to see how well you know your songs. Okay? <laughs> We're going to finish up this here in a second. So before I finish up, um, this is one of my favorite questions to ask because I always get, uh, there's usually one answer I get that's like constant, but I get so many different answers. If it were up to you, and of course it's up to you, what would your, if you haven't collaborated with any other artist, if you would like to collaborate with any artist, what artist would that be? It doesn't have to be a metal artist. But for you personally, if you would like to collaborate with any musician in the world, who would that be? Hmm. Wow. Uh, Jesus. That would be a difficult question. Uh, it would be... I mean, I guess... I'm sure someone has mentioned this guy, or most people mentioned I mean, Devin Townsend would be cool. Oh, okay. That's a good one. That's actually, that's actually a great one. I don't think I've had that answer yet. Okay, yeah, that, that, just because he seems like the most amazing guy. I mean, so much fun, so creative, and I love strapping and his solo stuff, you know. But, I mean, yeah. it would be cool to also to to just do something with one of your absolute heroes you grew up with, you know, James Hetfield or, you know, Steve Harris, someone like that, you know. Yeah. That would also be uh, amazing. The, the most common answer I would get is uh, Trent Reznor. Trent Reznor, oh, wow. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's interesting. Like, I, I get a lot of so many different kinds of musicians. They, they say the same answer. I'm like, interesting. That's, everybody wants to do it. But uh, I love your answer. Devin Townsend would be right up my alley, too. Yeah. 
Um, so if you weren't a musician, you might kind of, maybe you've already answered this. If you weren't a musician, what would you be doing right now? Uh, shit. We're not even on the hot seat. We're not even on the hot seat yet. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm over here. I'm over here. Like, <laughs> well, my dream as a kid, you know, was to be a, a soccer pro. So if I can have any, any job in the world, I would be a soccer professional, you know, professional football awesome. player. European football. Awesome, awesome. I love that. Um, okay, so what I'm going to do, I am going to read off a lyric from a, just a random album from Sorcerer. Um, let me see here. Shit, this is going to suck. I'm going to suck at this. Hold on. No, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So a lot, it's, some people say, like, oh, I'm never going to get it, but they get it, all of it. And uh, so I'm just going to go in random order, okay? okay. Uh, is it from a new album or is it from all albums? I can't tell you that. Okay. 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 <laughs> okay. Uh, I keep calling out your name in sleep like a ghost won't leave me alone. The cold sweat, it runs down my spine. Tomorrow you return once again. That is definitely from the Fire King. Oh, which song is which? Uh, yep. It is uh, Unbearable Sorrow. Yeah. Hey, see, you got it. Look at that. <laughs> I, I knew it. Of course. Okay. Um, this may be my favorite one from this record. Um, let's see here. Okay, I kind of I think I'm giving this away actually. <laughs> so, <laughs> when the first sun rays appear, they leave the misty shore. Oh, the Lake of Lost Souls. Yeah, see, I I was like, oh man, what are you doing, Sony? Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, okay, I like this one too. I wish the morning sun began to rise and light will spread throughout the land, but there's no way out. Oh, shit. Uh, I, I, recognize, I recognize it, <laughs> but uh, it's like a slow... Is it... Uh, Maybe is it from a new record? Is it maybe lamenting of the innocent? No. No. Uh, I'm I'm stumped. This is great. I love this. Um, it is the Devil's Incubus. Oh, it's from, shit. It's from Fire King. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that song. So good. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's see for the next one. You know, I was thinking of maybe throwing a Therion song at you to see if uh actually I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that. Okay. Let's, let's think of this one. This is actually the first song. I think it, uh, this is actually the first song um that got me hooked onto Therion. So let me see if you get this, okay? Okay. Um probably gonna be in a strange language or something, right? <laughs> actually, you're right. I'm just now looking at it. That's okay. okay. Give it a shot. Okay, okay. Uh, foremost magistrate, armed from ancient time with arrows of fate. I'm your follower, and until heaven's gate. I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> son of Sorry. the son of son of the slaves of son of the stays of time. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That yeah. that takes that takes me way back. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is the last one. Um, right. We see the world collapse, chaos and panic. The fear is mirrored in our eyes. We've opened up a crack to a dark dimension. Oh, shit. That, 
that sounds old. Sounds like an old sorcerer song. Uh, I have I no idea. Say old. Uh, uh, let's let's go back to the let's go back to inverted cross. It's from inverted okay. cross. Uh, I think it's probably a song we we never played. Maybe it's um, Gates of Hell. You want to read it again? Yeah. Okay. 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 We see the world collapse, chaos and panic. The fear is mirrored in our eyes. We've opened up a crack to a dark dimension. Yeah, it, it's got to be a song we never played live, I think, or, or very seldom. Maybe it's uh, uh, the title track? Sumerian yeah. script. Oh, Sumerian. Okay, yeah, it was a long time ago since we played that song. Yeah, because I, I usually, you know, remembers yeah. when, you know, the songs we rehearse, of course, and play yeah. live. But yeah. Okay, that's that's good to know. I sucked at this. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but hey, at least you stayed true to your word, I guess. <laughs> but hey, you got some, so it's it's not bad. I love it though. I love I love asking these questions because it's it it just it just shows how big your catalog is. You know, there's so much to go off of. Um, that was funny, so man. That was pretty yeah, funny. No, it was it was great. I loved it. Um, so before we finish up, is there any uh, last things you just want to promote on here, or just any shout outs? I think we've shouted out to a lot of lot of artists already. <laughs> yeah. Is any last things you want to say here? Um, I just want to say, I mean, to everybody who listens and and um, who's a sorcerer fan or maybe not a sorcerer fan, just uh, thank you for listening. And if you haven't listened already, go please do so. You know, check out our album May 29th, Lamenting of the Innocent. If you like it, great. If you don't like it, thanks anyway. And everyone who's listening, uh, this is Christian from Sorcerer. Uh, Lamenting of the Innocent is out May 29th on Metal Blade Records. Support these guys, and they will be back on the road as soon as you know. Don't forget, you can listen to this podcast on Stitcher, Apple, and Spotify, all major podcast apps. Christian, thanks again. We'll talk to you again soon, all right? Thanks so much, man. guys like what you heard please subscribe and share our channel and please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously and also if you guys have any questions or comments you can find us at interview under fire at facebook or at instagram or you can write us directly at schwag at interview under fire.com that's s-c-h-w-a-g at interview under fire.com or resablade that's r-e-z-a-b-l-a-d-e at interview under fire